and let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we hear your word, I pray that you would bless. I thank you for the opportunity to preach, the opportunity to share your word. And I pray that, Father, leaving this meeting, our hearts would be challenged to draw closer to you, to know you, and to hear your voice. Father, I pray that I would preach to myself as well as, and that we all would be challenged, encouraged. And I pray that Jesus Christ might be lifted up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The title of the sermon tonight is Hearing God's Voice. We're going to review just three characters in the Old Testament. We're going to review Eli, who is the high priest. He's the spiritual head of Israel. We're going to review Samuel, who is a, but a little child, an innocent child. And we're going to see the king, King Saul. Now I'm going to read two verses, and you don't, don't look these up. But 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 37 says, And Samuel asked counsel of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into the hand of Israel? But the Bible says, of God, but he answered him not that day. 1 Samuel 28, verse 6 says, And when Saul inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him not, sorry, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Read the first verse of 1 Samuel chapter 3 again. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. For there was no open vision. I want to ask you a question. Does God always speak to all people? Does God always speak to all people? Is it the right and the privilege for God always to speak to all people? Can I ask you, can somebody walk into this church and God will always speak to them? The answer is no. We see two people. Men, Eli, the spiritual head of Israel, a man who is religious, and though he lives in the tabernacle, he lives by the tabernacle, he works in the tabernacle, he is a man who God will not speak to. And we see the King Saul, we see a man, and we'll notice in just a minute how he is so blessed of God. God has his hand on King Saul. He's a man of spiritual promise, a man God wants to use. But Saul, throughout his life, he grows to a place where not only can he not hear God's voice, God is not speaking to him. God refuses to speak. Twice, as I read in 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 those last two references, Saul will plead with God, God, speak to me. God, give me direction. And God is silent. Can I tell you the greatest joy that you and I have as believers, one of the greatest joys is simply to hear God's voice. Oh, how my heart craves, and I hope when your heart craves, when you come to church, I love the fellowship. I love um, being able to worship God, but, but I know as I go throughout the week, my heart craves one thing. When I come to church, God, I want to hear your voice. God, speak to me. 
And we see in our text, it's that God is speaking to him personally. I know in my own spiritual life, when my heart becomes so hungry, my heart craves, Lord, show me what I ought to do. God, guide me. God, speak to me. I want the word of God not just to be a book, but I want it to come alive. And I know God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to you. God wants to have a real dynamic relationship with with, with every one of us. And he speaks to us. And he speaks to us. But God's voice is not without responsibility. And if we take for granted the voice of God, and we take for granted what God has shown us in his word, and we just say, well, I'm not going to do that. Truth is, we could reach a point. I could reach a point. Eli, I could be in the ministry, and I could reach a point where God's not speaking. Samuel shines as a light. Our, church, our text reads, 1 Samuel chapter 3, And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. This is the time of the judges, where every man did that which is right in, his, in their own eyes. God speaks through judges, and God is silent. God is not speaking to the nation of Israel. They're far away from him. But we see in Samuel a child, someone, who knows the voice of God. He knows what it is to hear God's voice. He speaks with God. He knows God's God's voice and God's presence. What is it about Samuel that God spoke to? Why, Why speak to Samuel? Notice firstly, God speaks to sincere listeners. God speaks to sincere listeners. Why Samuel? He was, why not speak to Eli? Um, Eli is, is the, the, the spiritual head of Israel, and they're at the tabernacle. There's people, surely, there's people that have come here to worship. Why not speak to other people? What was it about Samuel that made him? We're going to look at it. It's quite a few verses here. So get in your Bibles. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11. Of course, Samuel is... He's brought to the temple at the age of five years. His mom has dedicated him to the Lord, to the service of the Lord. And the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Samuel's a young boy, and he's serving God. He's serving, by the way, he's serving God in menial, ordinary things. He's not doing special things. He's not doing fancy things. But even as a boy, even as a child, I love this. And and we have children here tonight. You don't have to wait until you're a teenager. You don't have to wait until you're an adult for God to speak to you. For God to call you by name. But, But Samuel, he's a child and he's ministering to the Lord. Look at verse 18. 1 Samuel 2, verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Here again, what is Samuel doing? We see glimpses of Samuel. He's serving God. He's serving God. He's serving, he's ministering to the Lord. Verse 26, 
we see a description of Samuel. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. See, look at verse um, chapter 3, verse 1, which we've read. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. What was it about Samuel that made him different? It's simply Samuel had a heart for obeying God. Samuel had a heart to completely and passionately obey the real, revealed word of God. Do you want to hear God's voice tonight? Do you want to hear God call your name? I want to hear God call my name. Well, then you have to show God that you're serious. How do I show him you're serious? How do I show him I'm serious? Well, it's not just by praying. Excuse me. It's not just through my speech. No, it's through my life. And I need to show God, God, I'm, I so need, I so crave to hear your voice. Lord, everything that you have revealed to me, all that you have said, I, I obey. And then now let's look at Eli. What is it about Eli that why, why does he grow so far from God? Isn't it amazing? He's the high priest, and God won't speak to him. God, in the first few verses that we read, chapter 2, verse 27, and there came a man of God unto Eli. Can you imagine being the high priest, and you're receiving a message from God from a prophet? Does that sound awkward, embarrassing? What was it? Why would God not speak to Eli? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 29. Wherefore, kick ye at mine sacrifice and mine offerings, which... I have commanded in my habitation and honors thy sons before me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings. Chapter 2, verse 17. Wherefore the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord, for the men, men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Chapter 3, verse 13. For I have told them that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sins his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. You know, this is so convicting. What was it that Eli did that caused God to withdraw his voice? Was it sins of commission? Sins, things in God's word that, you know, these are sins I'm not supposed to do? Well, the answer is no, it wasn't that. Of course, God's word does. It gives commands. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Eli, had, he did all of those. Well, what did he? So what Eli sinned rather was one what he did not do. Verse 13, because he knew the iniquity of his sons, but restrained them not. And even after the prophet, and he comes and he rebukes Eli. He said, Eli, I'm taking away your priesthood. Eli, I'm going to judge you because you are not restraining your sons. They're, they're, they're creating a mockery in the tabernacle. They're creating great wickedness. Eli's great sin was not a sin of commission. 
it was a sin of omission. Well, let's apply that to our own lives. The Bible says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And perhaps we think in our, in our hearts and in our lives, oh man, I'm pretty good. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not living way off. I'm not living this debauched life that I know is obviously wicked. And yet we excuse the sins of omission. And yet what did Eli do? Eli said, no, 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 I, I, I'm not going to do that. It's too uncomfortable. Oh, I pray that God would search our hearts. And then let's look at Saul. What was Saul that, what was it that caused God to withdraw his voice, his speaking from Saul? Well, Saul enters scripture. We know Saul has a man of incredible potential. Of course, Israel wants a king. And so chapter 9 and verse 17, we're going to turn, turn forward just a few chapters. Chapter 9, verse 17 God ordains a king. God finds a king. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold the men of whom I spake to thee of. This same shall be over my people. And so God anoints Samuel. And, and then, Samuel drew near to, then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place. Verse 21. We also see not only has God anointed Saul, but Saul's really beautiful humility. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And my family the least of all the tribes of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? Don't you love what Saul says? Saul says, you got the wrong guy. I can't be king. He's humble. He's small in his own sight. He's little in his own sight. I, I, I mean, Benjamin, we're, we're the smallest tribe. And did, I, yeah, you got the wrong guy. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, chapter 10, God speaks to Saul. Chapter 11 we see Saul, God uses Saul in a special way. We don't have time to read it, but Saul leads a, an amazing deliverance of the city of Jabesh Gilead. Nahash the Ammonite attacks them. Of course, he says, I'm going to take out your eyes. You may know that Bible story, very cool Bible story. And at the end, God works such an amazing deliverance. The people are so they're excited. Man, Saul's our king. Verse 11. And it was so on the morrow that Saul put the people in three companies, and they came in the midst of the host of the morning watch and slew the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it came to pass that they which remained were scattered so that two of them were not left together. An amazing victory. And the people said unto Samuel, Who is he that said, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring the men that we may put them to death. So certain had rejected Saul's leadership, the people are so excited. Where are those rebels? They're dying. But what did Saul say? And Samuel said, and Saul said, There shall not be a man be put to death this day, 
For today, the Lord hath wrought salvation in Israel. Saul rebukes him. He says, guys, I didn't win the victory. God did. And so we see, I'm trying to demonstrate, Saul, he's, he's has a beautiful Christian testimony. He has really a walk with God. But somewhere, somewhere he grows cold. Chapter 13, verse 8. Okay, we'll read a, a few verses here. God is, Samuel has told Saul they're in a battle. So we're, we're, we're going through a couple different stories. I'm trying to bring out the character of Samuel in Saul. Saul is king. Saul is attack. The Philistines are attacking him. Saul is a, approaching a huge battle. And God's command is Saul, wait for Samuel Samuel will offer the sacrifices, and God, again, will bring the deliverance. Sam, Saul, just wait. Just wait. That's all you have to do. Just wait. Verse 8. And he said, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, for Samuel 13, verse 9, bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me. And thou camest not within the days appointed that the Philistines gathered themselves together. Therefore, I... Said I, the Philistines will come down upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, to offer a burnt offering. Then Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now the Lord would have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. The Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And so Saul tragically begins to disobey. He begins to go against the revealed will of God. God gave him a clear command, just as God gives all of us clear commands. But Saul said, No, 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 I got a better idea. And it's fascinating, Saul spiritualizes his disobedience. Don't we always do that? Well, you know, it's not that I'm not going to go to church tonight. It's just, um, you know, i got I to be ready for work. We, we spiritualize the excuses. We dismiss them for spiritual reasons. They're not spiritual at all. Um, then... God gives Saul a second chance. Saul, destroy the Amalekites, okay? The Amalekites are a wicked heathen nation. God has said, I am going to completely, completely destroy. And so God gives Saul the commandment, the command. And chapter 15, we see... Samuel comes to Saul again, verse 13. And Samuel came unto Saul... It's almost a mere story. And Saul walks out to him. Saul said to him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, for, for I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What madeth then the bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. I didn't do it. They did. And they brought 
And the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord. There it is again. He spiritualizes his disobedience. And the rest we have utterly utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord set thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the, the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they're consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed Amalek. Saul said, No, 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 I did obey. No. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, the chief of things. And Sam, verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. What was the sin? What was the grievous sin that Saul committed that God literally withdraws his presence from Saul? God takes the kingdom from Saul. What was this terrible sin? It was not even disobedience. It was partial obedience. It was just partial obedience. And sometimes we grow to such places in our lives where we don't hear God speaking to us. We don't hear his voice. We come to church and, and the messages, they, they, they don't touch our hearts. Our hearts become hard. God isn't speaking anymore. God is not wanting to speak to me. And we don't look carefully at our own hearts. First Peter says, It is time that judgment must begin at the house of God. And I believe if you are going to actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you are actually going to have a living friendship with God, we have to get real with God. We, we, we can't just get the big sins down. We have to say, God, Lord, Search my heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And see if there be any wicked way with me. And we must see it's not only sins of commission. It's sins of omission. It's things that I should do that I'm not doing. Oh, how my own heart is convicted. God, help me to be right. Help me to be true. And we see in Samuel, he simply obeyed God in everything. In every, was he perfect? No. But he was real with God. God, whatever you say, I'll do. Whatever. He was sincere. And if we come to the Christian life, if you come to the Christian life where you pick, hey, and I'm preaching to myself, where we pick and we choose what we want, are you still saved? Yes. You lose your salvation? No. Do you hear God's voice? No. No. And our hearts grow cold. 
and we grow far from God. Notice God speaks to sincere listeners. God help us to be real Christians. God help us to surge our hearts. And then secondly, God speaks to still listeners. God speaks to still listeners. We're going to do a bit, bit more turning. I appreciate you guys' patience. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. Of course, we read the story in the beginning where God speaks to Samuel. Samuel, he runs to Eli. Samuel runs to Eli. Sam. And then Eli, finally the third time, catches on. What does he tell Samuel to do? Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Here's Samuel. He's never, the, the, the text says, he doesn't know the voice of God. But here's his direction. Samuel, wait for God's voice. Samuel, you need to go, you need to get quiet, and then wait. Samuel, you need to be still and wait. And I believe here, Samuel discovered that if I'm going to actually hear God's voice, I'm going to have to be quiet. I'm going to have to be still. I'm going to have to be, where, whenever your quiet time is with God, I'm going to have to get alone with God. And maybe when I go home from church, I'm going to have to go to my room and I'm going to, going to have to get alone. Be still. Now, this is very, I think this is cool. Now turn to chapter 9, verse 27. Because Samuel becomes a prophet. And he is a man. What is a prophet? He gives the word of God. They don't have the scripture yet. They don't have the Bible yet. So they have prophets in the Old Testament. Chapter 9, verse 27. Look what he says before he gives his word. Samuel speaking to Saul. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid thy servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But notice what he says. But stand thou still a while that I may show thee the word of God. Saul, I want to I wanna give you God's word, but you got to be still. Saul, stand still. Look at chapter um, 12, verse 6. Samuel is giving his departing words to the children of Israel. And Samuel says, It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron, and that brought your fathers out of the land of Egypt. Verse 7, Now therefore... Stand still, that I may reason with you before the Lord of all the righteous acts which he did to you and your fathers. In chapter 13, verse 8, which is this part of the story we just read. And he tarried seven days, seven days, sorry, verse, um, verse 9. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering and a peace offering. And he offered the burnt offerings. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end in offering the burnt offerings, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw the people were scattered from me, that thou camest not within the days appointed, the Philistines gathered themselves to Michmash. Saul, what did Samuel, Saul, what did you have to do? 
What did you have to do to hear God's voice? What did you have to do for God to meet you? Well, you have to wait. And Saul, if you won't wait, then God won't speak. And I believe we as believers, we must learn, we must develop the art of getting quiet with God. Do you do that? Do you get alone with God? Do you go into your room? Do you, do, you, do you go for a walk? And do you get still before God? Because God speaks in a still, small voice. Exodus chapter 14. Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. Question. Why does God speak in a small voice? We see in Scripture, and we see in our text, that God speaks to Samuel, and it's mistaken for the voice of Eli. It's it's hard to pick up. Why does God speak in a still, small voice? Is it because God's voice is small? Is it because God's voice is weak? Let me read to you the, the Mount of Sinai, and the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Turn to Psalm 29, please. Psalm 29. A verse, a psalm on the voice of God. Verse 3, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth, and the Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests in his temple. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Then let me remind you of Elijah. Remember, God finds Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. And Elijah is in the cave, and God calls him. He says, Go forth and stand upon the mount of the Lord, before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, great and strong, and the wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, but after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. And we understand and we see that we know that God could speak. And if he speaks, if he spoke and he did not speak in a still small voice, we would automatically obey. We would obey out of fear. We would obey without 
our will. We would obey because God is holy and because we see God. But God says, no, I'm not going to force them into obeying me. I'm not going to fully reveal myself. I'm not going to speak as I could speak. I choose to speak in a still, small voice because when I speak to them and when they obey, I want it to be from their heart. And so God will only speak to you. He'll only speak to me as we get quiet. God could, as an angry parent, scream and yell and force us to obey him. But rather, as a loving father, he speaks to us in a still, small voice. You know, some people, they they don't hear the voice of God. Some Christians refuse to get real with God. And then some Christians, they never get quiet. They never actually say, wait a minute, what, what, is, what does God say here? And so do you know how they know God's direction? This is how many people try to find God's direction in their life. They say, well, when this door opens and that door closes, then I'll do this. And when that's no longer an option, then I'll do this. And people, you know, how do I know God's voice? How do I know his guidance? Well, I'll just, I'll just wait for the doors to open. But I believe God wants to speak to us. I believe God wants to make his will so clear. The Bible says in Psalm 139, How precious are their thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And when I am awake, I am still with thee. God longs to speak to us. God wants to call. God is calling your name. Are you still? And notice lastly, God speaks to submissive listeners. God speaks to submissive listeners. Eli said, Samuel, whatever God says, here's what you need to tell him. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Sorry, I'm almost done. And so we understand we have three men. We have Saul, we have Eli, and we have Samuel. And Samuel's, no doubt, his hardest his hardest assignments were to give Eli as a child and to give Saul as an older man the terrible news of God's judgment. Samuel had grown close to them. Samuel loved them. It breaks his heart, but God gives judgment. He speaks to Samuel. He speaks to Eli. Finally, he speaks to Saul. And notice, there are two reactions. If you know the story of Saul, God says, Saul, you're done. Saul, your kingdom's through. Saul, you've disobeyed. I'm giving your kingdom to another person. And what does Saul do for the rest of his life? He fights it. And he says, he, he chases David like, like a dog, David says, all around the desert as if to say, the one thing I'm going to do is not, I'm not going to receive God's judgment. No, no, no. God, and, and like so many of us, Saul is like this. God, I want to hear your voice if you say this. He, he's already put God in a box. But notice Eli's response. It's beautiful. Let's turn back to our text. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, 
Eli is dying to hear why God would speak to Samuel. What would God tell Samuel? Eli, for a long time, he's been without the word of God. He has not heard the voice of God. Verse 16, and Eli said unto, called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. And he said, what is this thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it out from me. God do so to thee and more also. If thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And notice Eli's response. Notice it. He says simply, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Because Eli grew to such a place of brokenness that he discovered even the rebuke of God is better than the silence of God. The rebuke of God is better than the silence of God. Some of us perhaps, perhaps need to overhear the rebuke of God. Perhaps God's word is not gripping your heart. Perhaps the Holy perhaps there's a hindrance. And let us, when we hear God's judgment, when we hear the correction of God, let us say, as submissive listeners, Lord, you're right. Lord, God, thanks for speaking to me. You know, there's something beautiful in this. Samuel reiterates the prophecy of the former prophet. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. For Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. Notice, Eli accepts the judgment of God. God, your will be done. Because he sees that even though God is taking away his his line, his priesthood, in the taking away of his priesthood, notice, God is establishing the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And so God, so Eli comes to the understanding, Lord, if you'll speak, I listen, because I know God is a merciful God. And oh, may we come to the point when God speaks to us. Let us Hope in the mercy of God. Let us say, Lord, if you judge me, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Lord, your will be done because I know I've discovered that God is a God of mercy. And so, may we be people who desperately want to hear God's voice, even if it's judgment. Even if it's judgment, God, I must hear your voice. May there be a passion in my heart, a, a, a fervent desire that moves me and that says, you know what? First of all, I'm going to obey what I know to do. So many believers, myself included, we, there were things that we ought to do. We ought to read our Bible every morning. Hebrews 10.25, forsake not the assembling ourselves together as a matter of some is. Can I be really blunt? It is wrong to be out of church. 
There are things that we know we ought to do. They're not convenient. They never were. But if we're to obey God and if we're to have a real relationship with God instead of just going through the motions, if God is going to speak to me, we have to come to the point where we say, Lord, I obey you completely. God, you're first. We take the idols of our lives out. Secondly, we got to get silent. We got to get still. I hope tonight you'll go home. I hope tonight you'll get still, get real with God, talk with God. God, speak to me. I hope you'll read through his word. And then let us surrender. And let us always, let us, before God speaks, let us have the heart. Lord, whatever you say, God, whatever you say, whatever, whatever you say, that's what I want to do. And we discover that when God speaks, there's nothing like it. My, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I really believe it is through the voice of God that the sheep know their shepherd. I know there's times in my life, times of discouragement, times where maybe it's circumstantial discouragement, maybe it's my heart is playing games with me. I, I'm discouraged. And I long to hear the voice of God. Because when I hear the voice of God, it's all good. When I hear God speak to me, I know his peace. And I know his presence. Because it is the shepherd's psalm that David wrote. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What do you want to hear God's voice tonight? Do you want to hear God's voice every day? God wants to speak God is speaking. Let's be sincere. Let's be still. And let's be submissive listeners. Let's bow our heads in prayer.